are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Stephen Halmerick, our Chief Economist. Stephen, welcome. Thanks, Belinda. Very good to be back with you again. Now, just to the surprise of all our listeners, we're not talking about the Household Spending Intentions Index today because it is not the second Tuesday of the month. Instead, you have just published an Outlook piece for the global and the Australian economy for 2023. Yes, that's right. I thought it was, um, you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the year, a really good time to lay out some of the big themes that we think are going to dominate uh, global the global economy and markets uh, for next year. And so, I guess, uh, no, uh, no doubt to that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess you can't really uh, talk about the outlook for next year without reflecting on the year that we've had, and it certainly has been a momentous one for the global and and the Australian economy. We've had high inflation, higher interest rates, geopolitical issues that have all really dictated both the economic landscape uh, but also the financial market backdrop as well. And reading your report, it was interesting just to note that six months ago, so we were only still very early into the lifting interest rates that we'd seen uh, by the high-income Western economies, that you reminded us of that visit you took to the US where people you met over there, very senior people within uh, central banks and also the Treasury over there, reminded everyone just that inflation was the today's problem and that they'll do whatever it takes to bring that down. Yes, that's right. It was um, early June. I was in the US. I went and saw the New York Federal Reserve and really had a fantastic discussion about what they described as today's problem, which is this big surge in in inflation, not just in the US, but around the world, including here in Australia. And uh, central banks, uh, knew what they had to do, and that was to get interest rates up really, very quickly. So we've seen this, you know, quite extraordinary uh, tightening of global monetary policy. You know, the most rapid increase in interest rates since 1994 uh, around the world, really to try and get on top of this global inflation problem. And and in some countries, it looks like inflation has peaked, mm. it's still very high, but uh, has peaked and coming down. Uh, say the US and even potentially Australia over the next few months. Whereas in places like the Euro- uh, Europe and the UK, inflation numbers, you know, north of 10% and are still looking like they haven't yet peaked. And certainly the rhetoric we've seen from central banks really since then has been that we're not, we are very much focused on solving the inflation problem now. We know there's going to be a growth issue after this, the fact that we've had such a material lift in interest rates, but that's tomorrow's problem. We need to solve the inflation problem now because if we don't do that, the problems are actually worse than any recession that may uh, come through. And since then, there's obviously been downgrades to global economic growth, particularly driven uh, by the UK, Europe and the US. Yes, that's right. So, you know, the inflation issue is very much described as today's problem Mm -hmm. and you know, an economic slowdown is uh, tomorrow's problem, but um, you know our, our forecast um, 
from our international economics team now incorporate what we might call a global recession next year. So recessions in the US, the UK, Europe and Japan. Uh, so we do think you know, as we go through the first few months of uh, next year, we will see this pivot from central banks worried about today's problem to tomorrow's problem. Mm. So this big slowdown in the economy. Well, certainly markets are likely to pivot at least. So uh, the you know the first quarter or certainly the first half of next year could really see you know quite significant moves in markets as the global economy shifts to a real focus on this uh, on this recession and you know it's a recession that's going to be caused by central bank policy and we haven't had one of those types of recessions for actually quite a few decades so um, it's going to be a new experience for many people in markets. It will be. Certainly uh, the recessions that I've seen have been created by the global financial crisis and then obviously the COVID-induced recession as well. So it'll be really interesting just to see how the material lift in interest rates that have occurred in 2022 and and likely through the early stages of 2023 uh, will impact uh, economic growth uh, next year. But I think it's also important uh, to remind our listeners that while we still have further lifts uh, from the major central banks uh, through what's remaining of 2022, uh, but also in the early stages of 2023, you mentioned a pivot earlier and we could actually see some central banks start to cut interest rates in late 2023. Well, yes, if we look at the US, we, we expect them to slow down the pace of tightening at the December meeting, which is um, middle of the month. So the, the Fed chair, even uh, very recently in recent days, has, has certainly indicated that the next rate hike from the Fed is more likely to be 50 basis points rather than the 75 basis points moves we've been seeing. And then early next year, we could actually they could actually slow that pace down to 25 basis point moves. But we still think the US Fed funds rate gets to uh, around 5%, so that's a, a full percent higher than it is now. And, of course, here in Australia, we've already seen a reduction in the pace of tightening from the mm. 50 basis point moves around the middle of the year to 25 basis point moves in October and November, and we think one final 25 basis point move at the December meeting next week. can't believe we have only one more uh RBA meeting uh, for yeah. calendar year 2022 and then of course uh, they take a break in January and come back in February but we'll touch on the Australian economic outlook uh, very shortly. Before we do get there though we haven't mentioned Japan and China uh, so those economies have not experienced a large outbreak in inflation we've seen in the high income western economies as a result their central banks haven't uh, had to tighten a monetary policy over there. China's still going through what is a pretty big COVID outbreak uh, in recent weeks. There's a lot of uncertainty about uh, the outlook for the zero COVID policy in China. Do you think really that's where a lot of the uncertainty for the outlook next year stems from? Well, yes, certainly for Australia. I think you know, China is you know, clearly a very important uh, economy for Australia. Um, the COVID zero policy has seen growth slow. They've had some issues in the property sector, and you know we were we were, we and many others were thinking that they would open up. Um, you know, certainly would open up some more after the People's Congress, but then they've had this surge of COVID cases um, very recently, and so that's uh, still you know, adding a lot of uncertainty in the global outlook. So the PBOC, the People's Bank of China, has actually been easing monetary policy, and we think there might be a bit more of that to go to support growth. And, and in Japan, they have had some increase in inflation from you know, from negative to around about 3%. Uh, 
for their headline inflation rate. Uh, but this is the first time in you know, literally decades and decades that Japan has got anywhere near their 2% mm-hmm. inflation target. And so the current governor of the Bank of Japan, uh, Kuroda, uh, he, his term expires in April. Uh, so we think it'll be up to the next governor, whoever uh, that may be, uh, to, to change monetary policy in Japan. But by the time we get to you know, post-April, uh, the Japanese economy could be weakening again quite quickly and inflation could be falling. So it's uh, still not certain that the BOJ will exit its incredibly easy monetary policy stance uh, even next year. Switching pace now, uh, we've spent as a research team a considerable more amount of time over the past 12 months talking about sustainable economics. Uh, we've just come from the COP27 conference that was last week. We published a report on that. I guess just to touch on this really briefly, kind of what are some big takeouts uh, in that space uh, that we should be watching over the next year or so? Well, the, the COP27, you know, recently in, in Egypt was kind of billed as the, the, the implementation COP. So, you know, actually implementing things that were agreed on in, in previous meetings. And there were some, you know, step, step forwards on finance and a, um, a, a, you know, a disaster relief fund, if I can put it that way. Uh, but there's still really, you know, there's a long way to go to, for the, you know, the, the, all the major economies to agree on the policies to, you know, to limit the world's warming to one and a half degrees. So, you know, Australia will have a role to play in that process. But so I think um, the COP27 was, you know, it's good that the world's leaders are still talking about it moving forward, but there's certainly um, plenty more policy implementation that needs to be happening in the coming years to, uh, to really try and offset this effect of climate change. Now, moving on to the Australian Economic Outlook, uh, certainly being a member of the Australian Economics team, we've really uh, in some way been surprised by the resilience of the Australian economy given the material lift in interest rates we've seen to date in 2022 by the Reserve Bank of Australia. I think that reflects the considerable momentum uh, that the Australian economy had when we came out of uh, that Delta lockdown in New South Wales and Victoria over 12 months ago. That's hard to believe. But certainly, I think when we think about uh, the outlook and the, particularly around the consumer, uh, given they're going to wear a lot of the brunt around these higher interest rates, that the spending data that we've seen has held up reasonably well, albeit maybe we've started to see a switch in the last month or so. Yes, when we look at our you know, CBA credit and debit card spending data, um, the way I'd phrase that is, you know, it's, it's still at relatively high levels, but the, but the momentum is either flattening out or slowing a bit, uh, particularly for some, you know, selected discretionary items. Um, and that's really around, you know, the, the, the high inflation, the negative real wages growth, and of course the uh, big increase in interest rates and mortgage repayments. But we did see in the month of October, the official Australian Bureau of Statistics retail sales data was actually down mm. 0.2% on the month. That's the first fall in monthly retail sales for, for this year. And certainly, first of all, since the start of higher interest rates, and so there, you know, there's some early signs that the consumer is really responding to these higher interest rates, particularly after you take you know higher prices into yeah. account. The nominal spending is holding up, but real spending looks like it's um, beginning to weaken pretty noticeably. Yeah, especially for uh, food and household goods in particular. Now, one of the reasons why we've seen kind of consumer spending hold up reasonably well has been 
the tight labour market, the unemployment rate's currently at 3.4%, which is just an incredibly low rate. Uh, household savings, as you mentioned, uh, remains elevated. Well, yes, and, and these are coming from you and the, the rest <laughs> of the Australian economics team. So, you know, so GDP growth, mm. uh, calendar 2022, uh, we're expecting growth of about 3.8%. Calendar 2023, just 1.3%. Yeah. So quite a meaningful slowdown under the weight of these, you know, really rapid increase in interest rates. And as, you know, uh, you and I and others in the team have talked about recently, there's la- big lags involved in terms of when the RBA puts interest rates up and when it actually impacts your mortgage repayments. So if we're right on interest rates, there's another rate rise uh, in December. Yeah. It's really not till around March or April that next year that the full effect of all the interest rate increases are going to impact people's mortgage repayments. Um, so beyond that, we do expect a pretty significant slowdown in the pace of growth, um, an increase in the unemployment rate to around about four and a quarter percent by the end of next year. Um, we do expect some continued improvement in wages growth uh, yeah. to around about three and a half percent, which would be good. Uh, but all in all, that that gives us the, the signal that inflation is probably in the process of peaking. We think that December quarter CPI, which we get at the end of January, will be the peak in the cycle. And by the uh, by the time we get to early 2024, uh, inflation should be back into the 2 to 3% target range. So that's really the critical point for the Reserve Bank. And uh, as you mentioned, there's one more meeting for the year. We've got uh, a lift in the cash rate of 25 basis points. So then on a summer break and return on the 7th of February. Uh, So we expect obviously a pause in the interest rate hiking cycle uh, in Australia through much of 2023. And then given the slowdown in the economy, the fact that inflation should be coming back down, we actually have rate cuts penciled in uh, late next year. So it's certainly going to be, as you said, the year of year of a pivot in 2023 we still have interest rates moving higher growth slowing uh, but then the potential for rate cuts next year it's going to be another fascinating year Stephen I think we're all going to have a break over summer collect ourselves and buckle in for another year of uh, volatility and excitement in the global economy yes I think that's right it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big year in terms of as I mentioned you know a global recession mm-hmm. brought about by the central bank we haven't seen one of those for a long time financial market volatility, you know, some kind of worrying signs of uh, illiquidity in some markets. Yeah. And then we haven't even talked about the big geopolitical risks that are out there, uh, particularly the ongoing war in Ukraine, um, as well as the, the climate change effects. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on, to say the least. And we think that means, you know, lots of volatility in markets and a big slowdown in the economy here, a meaningful slowdown. Um, so for us uh, in the Commonwealth Bank uh, Economic and Research Team, it's really all about continuing to provide those key mm. insights to our to our clients, and one of the great ways we can do that is through this podcast. It is, and uh, we look forward to bringing uh, our listeners more of these. We'll have still got a, a few weeks of the working year left. Um, I'm sure there'll be some more to come, but obviously look forward to further insights in 2023. Stephen, thanks for joining today. My pleasure. Thanks, Linda. Now, you can read Stephen Halmerick's Vantage Point report, which was published on the 1st of December 2023, where he uh, outlines the team's uh, global and Australian economic outlook for next year on combankresearch.com.au. And as we did uh, reference uh, the CBA internally generated data, where we do refer to that data, it means the proprietary data of the bank. 
As the statistics take into account only the bank's data, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised and aggregated before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy.